Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. I want to encourage you to either have your Bibles with you or have a notebook and a pen and jot down the scriptures that I'm going to be sharing with you. And so you can study them in your own time during the week or your time with prayer uh, with the Lord when you are in prayer or study of his word, because you won't be able to just retain uh, the scriptures that I'm going to be sharing with you uh, today. And what I want to address and teach on today is the premium of words. The premium of words. One of the definitions of the word premium is to regard or treat as particularly valuable or important. I'm going to repeat that. The word premium means to regard or treat as particularly valuable or important. So that's what we're going to look at and study today. The Bible places great importance and high regard on words. But before we do, Let's look at our foundational scripture from Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19. And I want us to pick up from where we left off last week. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 says, This is God speaking through Moses to his people. And he says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. If you recall, last Sunday we spoke about our God-given freedom and right and the ability to choose for ourselves between life and death, blessing or cursing. Today, what I want us to do is go a step further and see how these choices that we make are established in our lives. How do these choices that we make are established in our lives? Please notice that in our foundational scripture that we read in Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19, that both life and death, blessing and cursing, have already been set, and both are currently operating in the earth. The Lord said to his people, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that you may live. So we see that both these forces, the force of life and the force of death, are currently operating in our world today. Adam, of course, was responsible for setting in motion 
the power of death and the curse through his disobedience. But Jesus was responsible for setting in motion the power of life and blessing through his obedience to the Father. So if life and death is a choice that we choose, then everything that flows out of them is also a choice. Remember Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, He had come so that we may have life and have it more abundantly. This abundant life, this eternal life that Jesus came to give us is none other than his very own life. It is a life that is raised from the dead and no longer subject to decay and corruption. This is what the Bible calls eternal life. You and I, when we received Christ, we received his life. This life is the life of Christ himself living within us. And Paul confirms this when he writes to the Colossians. He says to them in Colossians chapter 3, verse 3 and 4, Colossians chapter 3, verse 3 and 4 says, Your life is hidden with Christ in God. Full stop. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Notice what he said. When, li when Christ, who is what? Our life. Christ is our life. That's why I say to you that the life we received when we made the choice to accept and receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the life we received in him is the life of Christ himself. And the life of Christ has been raised from the dead. We received the resurrected life of Christ, which is no longer subject to dying, I'm talking about spiritual death, is no longer subject to death, decay, or corruption. Furthermore, in his epistle to the Roman believers, the Apostle Paul writes the following. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 2, he writes, The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death, past tense, has made me free from another law, a, a law of sin and death. So we see this. He calls this life that we received in Christ a law. It's the law of the spirit of life. And he goes on to say that this law of the spirit of life has already set us free from another law, the law of sin and death, the law of sickness and disease, the law of decay and corruption, the law of poverty and the curse. Everything contained under the curse. The Bible says we have been redeemed from the curse of the law because Christ was made a curse for us. Amen. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. So the life we received in Christ is far superior 
than the laws of sin and death. And that, of course, includes the rest of the curse. Within the law of the spirit of life is the provision also of peace. Peace for our minds, the provision of health and healing for our bodies, as well as material and financial blessings. How do we know that? Isaiah confirms this in the 53rd chapter. Isaiah 53 and verse 5, the Word of God says, But he, that's Christ, was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53, verse 5. Notice, wounded and bruised for our iniquities, so that we may receive forgiveness, forgiveness of all of our sins, past, present, and future. He was chastised so that we could have peace of mind, peace in our minds and in our souls. And he received stripes so that we may receive healing for our bodies. There is the threefold blessing. Here is the question that we must answer if we desire to walk and live in the blessing of the Lord. In other words, to walk in the life that Christ has given to us and to walk in all of the blessings that he has purchased through his precious blood. The question is, how do we release life? How do we release the blessing into our life? How do we release the death or the curse? And we need to know, how do these forces find entrance into our lives? And they are established. And the answer is given to us in Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21. Very important verse. You need to study this verse for yourself and meditate on it until you get it deep down into your heart, into your spirit. Proverbs 18 and 21 tells us how these forces find entrance into our everyday lives. And it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Did you hear that? Death and life, and we can say blessing or cursing, is in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. We see here that the law of death and the curse, as well as the law of life and blessing, are activated and released as well as established into our life through words. Words. God placed the power of life and death in the tongue. It's not in God's hands. It's in the hands of our tongue. 
the tongue being the smallest member of our body, has been given the greatest power because it has the ability to speak words. Are you listening to me? Words are the most powerful weapons in the universe because words are spiritual containers which carry the forces of life and blessing or the forces of death and cursing. James tells us that. You read the book of James, we see it there. It's written, James talks extensively about the power of the tongue and its ability, he says, to set on fire the entire course of nature, either with the fire of God and the blessing of God or the fires of hell. James chapter 3, verse 4 and 5 says, Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. He talks about the ships in the sea. They go through fierce storms and winds, and they're so large, yet they are turned about by a very small rudder, as the pilot desires. And so our life, the course of our destiny, James says, can be turned whichever way we choose to by the smallest member of our body. And that's the tongue. If you're having trouble with your body, don't jump on your body, jump on your tongue. Put the word of God in your mouth. He also talks about how we tame horses by putting a bridle in their mouth. I don't care how severe your situation is or how great is the crisis that we might be facing. Our tongue, the word of God says, has the ability to steer us out of it if we learn to use right words. Job chapter 6, verse 25 says, How forceful are right words. Job 6, 25. How forceful are right words. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 2 says, we are taken captive by the words of our mouth. Let's look at it. King James, New King James says, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 2, You are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. By the same principle, we can set ourselves free from any form of captivity if we learn to speak words that are filled with faith, Forgiveness and freedom in the Holy Spirit. We've got to watch our mouths. The biggest problem we have is our mouth. 
Proverbs 18.20 says that the quality of life is produced by the fruit of our lips. Wow. In other words, by the words we choose to believe with the heart and declare with our mouth. Look at it. Proverbs 18.20. The New King James says, A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Did you see that? What comes out your mouth will definitely affect your life, the quality of life, either positive or negative. If we put the word of God in our mouths and speak it, we will reap the benefits of the blessing. That's how the blessing, that's how these laws are activated and released into our lives, into our atmosphere. You walk into a room, and if words have been spoken that are hateful and mean and critical, you can sense in the atmosphere is charged with a negative force. Why? Because it's been released there by the people who live there and the words they spoke. Amen? Paul gives us another powerful revelation in Romans chapter 10 and verse 5. Romans chapter 10 verse 5 tells us that the heart chooses what to believe, but it's the mouth that brings them to pass in our life. The heart chooses what to believe. You see, faith is a choice. Love is a choice. Forgiveness is a choice. It has nothing to do with how we feel. We walk by faith. The Word of God says we walk by faith and not by sight. I choose to love. I choose to forgive. I choose to walk in divine protection. I choose to walk in the blessing. We choose. It's a choice, and we've just read it. And we've talked about it all throughout our lesson last week. So the heart chooses, but it's the mouth that brings it to pass. Look at it. Romans chapter 10, verse 5, says from verse 5, The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. Please note that he puts the mouth first, then the heart. That is the word of faith which we preach that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes. See, there's the choice. We choose. You see, the mouth has no choice. It's the heart that has the choice. The heart is your spirit, is your inner man, your inward man. That's where we choose. That's where we believe. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The mouth brings to pass what we believe with our heart. Notice that it is, as I mentioned, the heart believes, but the mouth releases the blessing. This is how you and I received salvation, by believing with the heart, and confessing with our mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is my Lord. 
I confess him as my Lord. I believe. What do we believe? We believe that Christ died for our sins. He was raised up the third day. And through his death and resurrection, we received righteousness. He made us righteous. That's what I believe. And I confess that with my mouth. And this is how. This is how we receive every blessing that God provided for us through Christ. By believing with the heart what the Word of God says and confessing with the mouth what we have believed with the heart. And Jesus taught on this principle when he taught his disciples the principles of faith and how faith is released and how faith is activated. In Mark eleven twenty three, we read, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. For assuredly, I say to you, this is the Lord speaking, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Notice it didn't say he will have whatever he believes. He will have whatever he says. And that is exactly what Proverbs 18.20 says. That a person's stomach will be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. He will have whatever he says. You see, we have to say it first before we possess it. Did you hear me? We have to say it first before we possess it. This is how I received many blessings from the Lord. Many. It's not in the believing, but it's in the saying that we stumble many times. Why? Because we hesitate or we refuse to say or confess we have something un unless we see it or feel it. Did you hear me? This is where many believers stumble. How can I say I have something when I don't see it? Well, do you have a brain? Do you have a heart? Have you seen it? Well, in other words, what we're saying is that we place more faith in our flesh, in what we see, how we feel, rather than, than in what God has said and done. God has already spoken. Grace has spoken. I like something that a young preacher said the other day. He said, grace has spoken. And faith responds and says, yes, thank you, Lord. I believe it. I receive it. Praise the Lord. So, if we are placing more faith in, in our senses rather than in the almighty word of God, we need to repent and say, Lord, help me here. If the power of life and death is in the tongue, then the blessing of health and healing is in the power of the tongue. 
The blessing of divine protection is in the tongue. The blessing of prosperity, finances, is in the tongue. Amen? Remember that under the, the, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is every blessing that God purchased. Ephesians 1 saying, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us, past tense, with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Every blessing has been bought and paid for through the precious blood of Christ. But we need to exercise faith, respond to what God has already said and done, and receive that. And the way to receive is by believing with the heart and saying with the mouth what we believe from our heart. I say that the, the health and healing is also in the power of the tongue. Well, I didn't say it. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 4 says, in the New King James Version we read, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. The, the Passion Translation says in Proverbs 15 and verse 4, when you speak healing words, you offer others fruit from the tree of life. When do you do that? When you speak words of health and healing. Be healed, Jesus said. And what did he do? He offered the fruit of healing from the tree of life. A person has to receive it though. You see, negative words do nothing but crush their hopes. But unhealthy negative words do nothing but crush their hopes. That's Proverbs 15, 4 in the Passion Translation. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18, in the Amplified says, There is one who speaks rashly like the thrusts of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings health. You want to walk in divine health? Believe what God said. Get up every morning and say, Lord, I choose to walk in divine health today. I believe I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Don't wait until you get sick or you have some kind of, of, of a virus attacking you before you start believing and confessing what the Word says. I choose life. I get up uh, many mornings and I, I, I declare and I decree by faith I choose life today, Lord. I choose to walk in love today, whether anybody else does or not. I choose to walk in forgiveness. I choose to walk in divine protection. I choose to walk in divine health. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what Jesus purchased for me on the cross. Amen. You, you declare your choices boldly. In the name of the Lord. So victory and defeat is also in the power of the tongue. Prosperity and poverty is in the power of the tongue. Never confess lack. 
even though you are experiencing it, you got to learn to speak by faith and walk by faith and not by sight. One of my favorite verses in uh, uh, concerning financial prosperity is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. I've been declaring that for years and years. And God is able to make all grace abound toward me so that I always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. God has done that. But I confessed it long before he has done it. And you need to do the same. Yes, you give your tithes, you give your first fruits, you give your offerings, but you're going to have to add something more than the act of giving. You're going to have to water that giving with the words of your mouth that come out of your heart. Are you listening to me? If you want to see the, the fruit, the harvest, the reward of your giving, you need to do this every day of your life. Amen? That's why I said we should start our day every morning by choosing. Remember the heart chooses. By choosing to fill our heart and our mouth with words of life, words of love, words of faith, words of peace, words of joy, and words of health and healing. Amen. Praise God. Charge the atmosphere in your very house, in your family. Teach your children the importance and the power and authority of words. And teach them not to speak words that communicate and activate the laws of death and the curse, but the laws of life. Amen. I remember I learned this back in 1985, the first time I, uh, my, my eyes were open to this principle. My brother-in-law came up from Johannesburg to uh, Masvingo in Zimbabwe, and we decided to go to Lake Kariba to do some fishing. My wife and I, as well as uh, my brother-in-law, Michael. Uh, Stephen was only about a year old, and we left him with his grandparents, and we went to Kariba for some tiger fishing. And so, um, and I, I, this is this revelation was brand new. So I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna exercise my faith here. So remember that my wife and Michael were expert fisher people. They, they, they used to go fishing regularly. Uh, Lake Kyle and all the lakes there, and they were catching a lot of fish. But me, I've I hardly ever been fishing. So uh, we went, and on the way there, I said, guys, I'm going to catch the biggest fish of, all of, of both of you. And I kept saying that every time an opportunity came up. And so lo and behold, we arrived in Kariba, we started fishing, they were catching fish, and I wasn't catching anything, but they were tiny like this. So um, 10 minutes before we, we left, 
Oh my goodness, this huge fish, it's right here. I wish I can pick it up and show you. Hold on. Do you see that? That fish somehow found its way onto my hook. And man, it was tough pulling it out. And I pulled and I pulled and I rolled and I reeled that. And finally I brought it out and there it was. I caught the biggest fish. I was so encouraged because I proved it. And ever since then, I have been proving it. So start your day, folks. Start your day by filling your heart with the Word. That's why the Word of God is so important. You cannot neglect the Word of God. Not a day. We cannot abide in Christ unless we abide in His Word. Are you listening to me? Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it will be done for you. The word of God is the key. That's why Paul writing uh, to the, uh, is it the Colossians? He says to them, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. For most of us, the word of God dwells in us poorly. We need to fill our hearts with the word and let it come out of our mouths with force and faith. I choose life. Say to yourself every morning, I you may not feel well. I choose life. I choose to believe the word of God. And I declare in the name of Jesus that I will live and not die and declare the wonderful works of God. I choose to walk in love. I choose to walk in forgiveness, whether anybody else does or not. I choose to walk by faith and not by sight. I choose to walk in divine health, and I choose to walk under the Lord's divine protection. Praise God forevermore. The centurion, remember what he said to Jesus? Speak the word, and then what happened? Speak the word, and my servant will be what? Healed. Speak the word, and my servant will be healed. You see, he had great faith in the word of Jesus. Well, Jesus commended, uh, commended him, and he said, I have not found such great faith in all of Israel. Not even in my own people, he said. Amen. Let's do the same, folks. Believe what God has spoken over your life. Believe what God has promised you. We have received exceeding great and precious promises, the Word of God says. There is a promise to cover every single area of our lives. Believe His promises and declare them boldly over your life, over the life of your children, over the life of your loved ones. Amen. Notice what is written in the 91st Psalm. Psalm 91, and I'm reading from 
psalmist says, notice what he says, I will say of the Lord. And he goes on to tell us what he's saying to the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. You see, by the words of his mouth, what's he doing? He is releasing the laws of life, the laws of divine protection and deliverance. He says, I will say, and he will deliver me. I will say, and he will protect me from all evil. Do you see that? He found the secret. He discovered the secret. The secret is in his words. Amen. As we read the rest of the psalm, we see clearly how the psalmist makes bold declarations of what God will do for him. Surely, he says in Psalm 23, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Declare that. Believe that with the heart. And you will find goodness and mercy following you and favor wherever you go. God will do things for you because you believe him. Because you believe him. Folks, faith pleases God. Amen. So we see here that the, that the rest of the psalm, he makes these bold declarations. A thousand will fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. We walk, we walk through the pandemic. Praise God. My wife and I have not been touched. I've been declaring that almost every single day. No evil shall befall me. Neither shall any plague come now my dwelling. Why? Because God has given his angels charge over me and mine to protect me. And in my pathway there is life and no death. Praise God forevermore. Praise God, I said, forevermore. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You see, let me say this. Words never die. Faith-filled words will go before you and straighten out your path, make every crooked place straight for you to walk on. When I first started the ministry, that was one of my favorite declarations. Isaiah 45. I will go before you and I will make the crooked places straight. I will cut the bars of iron and I will give you treasures hidden in dark places. I've been confessing that ever since. And I hadn't even got out of Masvingo at that time. Amen. Words, faith-filled words will go ahead of you and 
will straighten out your path and make every crooked place straight for you to walk on. Words will also fight your battles. We must learn to fight our battles through the Word of God. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against me, I do condemn. This is my heritage as a servant of the Lord, and my righteousness is of him. Isaiah 54. Great shall be the peace of my children, and they will be far from oppression. That's what Isaiah 54, I believe that. I've declared that over my children over and over and over again. Praise God. This is how David fought Goliath and defeated him. You see, words will fight your battles, but will also lay down the landmarks for your feet to walk on because they have the ability to do so. And that is how, if you notice, David fought Goliath and defeated him. The first thing David did before he stepped out into the battlefield was to speak words that were filled with faith and victory. These very words he spoke in faith, they guided his feet onto the battlefield and guided the very stone that struck the Philistine in the middle of his forehead. Did you hear what I said? You see, words go before you. And they establish your path, the landmarks of your feet. It was the words that he declared that empowered him in God to stand before this giant. And it was the words that he spoke that guided that stone. Who do you think guided the stone? The angel of the Lord took those words and guided that stone to hit Goliath right in between his eyes. You see, listen to David speaking. Read the whole chapter. 1 Samuel chapter 17. And we read uh, verse 36 to 37. He says, this is, this, is, this is the words he spoke to King Saul. He said to him, your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine." And Saul finally was convinced and let him go. He said, go and the Lord be with you. Now listen to the words David spoke to Goliath. He spoke to King Saul first. Before he did that, he spoke to his brothers. He spoke to the king. And then he spoke to the Philistine. We are to speak to our enemies. They are unseen. Fear is an enemy. Sickness is an enemy. Poverty is a spirit. It's an enemy. Lack is an enemy. And you have to address it, speak to it, resist it, and tell it what you're going to do. He spoke to Goliath and he said, in 1 Samuel 17, 45, then David said to the Philistine, notice how many times in that chapter, 
The word of God says, and David said, and David said, and David said, and David said. What's he doing? He's releasing the forces of life for victory and defeat to his enemies. And David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. This is a 16, 17-year-old boy that is speaking to this giant. But it's not David we're speaking, it's his faith speaking. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with the sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will deliver you into our hands. Did you hear that? The words that he spoke, words of faith, words of victory, telling the giant what exactly he was going to do. And then he went and did it. And as I mentioned, as I said, do you notice how many times the Bible says, and David said, and David said, he learned the secret, the secret of releasing the laws of life and death for him and his nation. And at the same time, unleashing death and defeat and terror in the camp of his enemies. Amen? Remember what Jesus said, If you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. To confess Jesus before men means that you confess the word of God, because Jesus is the living word of God. He says, if you don't confess me before men, I will not confess you before my father. Remember that he is the high priest and the apostle of our confession. The high priest takes the words the people speak and speaks them before God. The Bible says that Jesus cast out demons with words. He healed the sick with words. He stopped the waves and the wind with words. He cursed the fig tree with words. You see, Jesus understood the premium of words. And I believe it's time for us to realize the power, the authority God placed on words and begin to use them as we are led and prompted by the unction of the Spirit within us. Don't wait to feel something before you declare the Word of God and what He promised and what He said to you. The Word of God says in Proverbs 4.24, Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Why? Because Proverbs 13 and verse 3 says, He who guards his mouth preserves his life. But he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Amen. Where does preservation come from? From your mouth. Where does destruction come from? From your mouth. 
Oh, this scares me to death. I'm so anxious. I don't know what to do. You will have exactly what you said. That's why the Bible says, put away from you a disobedient mouth. Speaking words that are in disagreement with what God has spoken. The word of God says, when the spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will show you things to come. And the word says in Proverbs chapter 4, I think verse 18, that the path of the just is as a shining light that shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. One of my declarations is, Lord, thank you that my path before me is like a shining light. I will not miss it. I will not miss your path. I will not miss your will unless I want to. And that path keeps shining and shining and shining until the day I come to be with you. I know exactly what I'm going to do. I know exactly where to go. Because your word declares that the spirit within me guides me into all truth. Proverbs chapter 13, again, verse 3 in the Passion Translation says it this way. Guard your words and you will guard your life. But if you don't control your tongue, it will ruin everything. Proverbs 21, verse 23, whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Amen. The Passion says, Proverbs 21, 23, watch your words and be careful what you say, and you will be surprised by how few troubles you will have. Wow. You see how many scriptures speak about the premium of words, the power and the authority that God placed on words. And I pray that after tonight, you're going to pray like I'm praying almost every day. Lord, set a guard before my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. The psalmist said, I will guard my ways lest I sin with my mouth. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle while the wicked are before me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the revelation you have given us and the wisdom you have communicated to us in the power and in the authority you placed in words. And Lord, as the psalmist prayed, so we pray together, set a guard, O Lord, over our mouths, Keep watch over the door of our lips. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.